On today's episode, we're going to talk about how your text can get more Google reviews from your customers. Welcome to Cracking the Code, the show that helps you overcome the challenges you face every day in contracting and keeps you on the cutting edge of emerging trends and best practices. Now, before we get started, I want to run a short clip from our Seizing the Summer series. This is a 16-week program that launches June 1st and goes on every Monday for 16 weeks. Now, what we're talking about here, sales not being a numbers game. Yes, we measure statistics. Yes, we measure the numbers. And that's important because, you know, the statistics and the data matter. But the statistics and the data are a product of what we do, the activities. But so sales is not really a numbers game, and people seem to think that it is. It's just, you know, you play out the numbers, it's the law of averages, so forth and so on, and that's not really true. So let's talk about specifically what do I mean by that. Well, revenues versus profits. Revenues are vanity and profits are sanity. You need to keep what you make. Now, top line revenue is important and that's what sales drives. But sales has to drive the right mix of revenue, the right mix of business to get you the right results. And you gotta make sure that your salespeople are on task, on price book, to get you the right margins. Otherwise, you could basically die by a thousand paper cuts. Meaning the more you sell, the more you could end up hemorrhaging and bleeding out. If you sell the wrong mix of business, if you sell the wrong price uh, mix of business. So, Revenues are important, but we got to drive profits because profits are where the sanity is. Revenues are vanity. Meaning, you know, the, if the only lever you have in your cockpit is to go faster, yeah, yeah, that's a problem. Sometimes you've got to adjust the flaps, you've got to adjust the wings, you've got to adjust your, your speed, you've got to adjust your, your altimeter, so forth and so on. And sales is the same way. So let's talk about some of the details that I'm focusing in on here. The problem is, is that most salespeople focus on winning. Meaning, if we measure sales and we're measuring results, we're measuring outcomes, the more sales, the more successful is the way most people look at this. The problem with that is, is focusing on that objective does not get you that result. In fact, quite frankly, today, more than ever, if you focus in on that intent, that objective of trying to sell more, you end up driving customers away. Customers want to do business with people who are looking out for their best interest, not for the company's best interest or for the salesperson's best interest. They want to do business with somebody who's going to focus on their best interest. And so your intent has to match that. And if your intent is right, and then you can get better results. So we don't want to focus on winning. Now, if you're a premium member, you already have access to this, so make sure you tune in. If you're not a premium member, go to egaa.org summer and learn all about it. Now, we all know how important online reviews are, but it can be easier said than done when it comes to actually getting your text to make it happen. Well, lucky for you, we have a process from Mr. Gary Alex that will help you get your text to solicit more reviews from customers, which will end up helping you drive further revenue for your company. Let's go to Gary now and dive into this topic. Hi, welcome back to EGIA Contractor University. I'm Gary Ellix. Today's topic is going to actually touch into two areas. One is going to be digital marketing and the work that we have with our technicians to create reviews and essentially promote the opportunity for consumers to see us out on the web on the digital platforms. And the reviews have become so much more important over the years. And the second area that it touches is leadership. One of the main questions that we get on a regular basis through the Ask the Expert system and just through the site questioning process is how do I get my technicians more involved in creating more reviews? Uh, we have review processes, so you could be using any one of the services out there, and there's a bunch. 
Uh, and most companies have engaged at this point and have some form of a platform, if not multiple platforms. The trick, though, is the behavioral change at the technician level and creating the technician buy-in and the ability to get the tech excited about the idea that working with the consumer after the call is done, after the technician has performed the service work, that that extra step is part of the getting the review process. And so one of the challenges that we have in the service management function, whether we're a small company and I'm the service manager, solopreneur, or whether I'm a larger company and I have a scale business with service technicians and I have a service management function, is just getting the technicians to understand the relevance and the need and the requirement for how this links to something that they're not necessarily directly connected to. They indirectly benefit, obviously, by creating more opportunities for the company, more leads, more referrals, more lead turnovers, more general business that we can create because consumers are shopping using the review process. And if we don't understand how to get those technician behaviors changed, we end up struggling with the idea of we're paying for a service and we're not getting the traction, we're not getting as many reviews as we would like. So with that in mind, I'd like to go to the whiteboard, talk to you about some concepts about things that we've implemented uh, over the years, not just in the business, but also in the digital side of things, and then come back and we'll debrief on that discussion relative to culture, client experience, and some of the core issues that the management side. So again, we've got two different issues working simultaneously, right? We've got the idea of leadership and the development of getting the technician's behavior changed, and that's a very specific issue. And then we have the idea of the actual technician functioning and what do we have to do to get the technician to be bought in and to create the reviews and create the process. Now, obviously, consumers are going to make that decision on whether they're going to create a review or not. But at the end of the day, what we have to do is make sure that they're educated, informed, and we've put them in a position to create that option for them to actually produce the review. So with that, let's go over to the whiteboard. We'll take a look at some ideas. All right, we're in the whiteboard lab, and so I've got a couple of different things mapped up here. So, you know, getting the question of reviews produced is just a challenging idea, and here's the reason why. We ask our service professionals to do so many different things. We ask them to, you know, understand the technical side of the product. We are asking them to learn technician communications. We ask them to understand the idea of, you know, how to actually uh, use laptops and or iPads. We ask them to do things like, you know, understanding the flat rate system, communicating service agreement transactions, and so forth. So material handling, I mean, we go down the list. The service technician role itself has changed over the years, and we've, we ask them as professionals to do so many things. Now we're laying one more thing on it, which is, oh, by the way, reviews have become super, super important relative to links and the Google strategy and producing a, an outcome for traffic to the website, and also consumer research has just said that if we have a four-star or better review process, and then the quantity of reviews is high, they're more likely to click on us as a provider. So now we have that understanding, well, okay, of course we're asking the service technician to be the frontline individual at client experience and deliver that review. So with that in mind, how do we get the technician to actually buy in? How do we create that behavior change? How do we create that leadership question? So first and foremost on the list is number one. Um, I like to talk to the technicians in my group and when I consult and travel to different companies and I ask the question, hey, what do you think your role is? I mean, if you were a service professional uh, and the key word here is in fact professional, um, define for me what you think your role is in relationship to the company, the client experience and what we need to have transpire. So I think a lot of times we don't go to the higher level. We don't look at the upper end of what we're trying to accomplish first. 
we look at the tactical end, which is more, hey, we need reviews. And you're not doing you know, a good job of producing a number of reviews, or the company isn't getting the number of reviews. What's going on? And we attack the problem down at a lower level without dealing with the thinking pattern question you know, developed in one of the original leadership videos we did, really from the Maxwell uh, blueprint, which is thinking patterns create belief systems. right? Belief systems then create people's expectations. So the question becomes, what is a professional in our organization? And this is where I would introduce to the technicians the need to understand that that might be a change. That historically, we didn't ask you to do this. Now we are asking you to do this. So let's debrief on this. Let's talk about it. So what does being a professional mean? The principle here is, is that you have to attack the belief system. You have to attack the thinking pattern before you're going to get in and plant the seeds necessary at the leadership level to get the technicians to understand, OK, this isn't just another seminar that the boss went to, or he didn't go to Epic, and he didn't listen to Gary and Wally and Drew talk about the need for digital reviews. But this is real life, because this is actually impacting the role of what the company gets from the technician as a professional. And this is part of the role description. So part of the deal is you have to sit down and you have to break down the conversation with them. And that's part of your service training, service platform discussions. Um, however you do that, some companies do that monthly, some companies do it weekly. Uh, we're obviously doing on a daily training, but the idea of putting in a role description, role discussion, the, uh, the whole upper level echelon of the idea of what we're trying to accomplish, that's really probably a weekly or a monthly type meeting where you would spend the bulk of the time talking about what are the requirements. I mean, here's one of the problems. If you're spending some time with your technicians and, and, and you've come through the service world, you realize that there's just an awful lot going on during the peak season. Uh, during the slow season, it's not really you know, that difficult in terms of talking to the customer and slowing down. But we put so many calls and so many uh, pieces of pressure you know, on the dispatch and customer service function to the technician. You know, these guys feel the pressure to get through the calls. And so we want them to understand that it's important that we're running a great call each time just like we talked about, it's a, it's a game of baseball. It's you know, nine innings. Each call is a inning, and we need to focus on what we're doing at hand. So having that conversation about the role and what a professional is and what a professional does, I think, is the very first step. The second question then becomes the client experience. Uh, now, a lot of companies uh, in the EGI platform have probably already either seen a video or heard us talk about it from time to time that this needs to define. What does client experience mean? And so when we go back in to the studio, I will break down for you some suggestions about what I think client experience looks like. It doesn't mean that it's right or wrong. It's just a sample, and it's something that we can use as a, as a baseline to talk about. But what I can say is that the culture of the business is about the technicians realizing that change is something that is constant. They're not allowed to get comfortable with the idea that we're doing it this way, and it's always going to be this way. So three years ago, Reviews weren't that important to the overall digital platform strategy. Today, three years later, reviews are driving the bus. And three years from now, I don't know what else will be driving the bus, but it might not be reviews. It might be social media. Or it might be some other form of digital platform that hasn't even been invented yet. So the idea that client experience is key relates to the principles that we have defined client experience. Client experience means that the customer is happy. They're satisfied. So for us. We want to make sure that we capitalize on that review process. That if the client likes us and we've done a good job for them, we need to make it simple, easy, and effective for the customer to go ahead and execute that review process. 
which means we need to make it really simple, easy, and effective for the technician to, com uh, to communicate and to be able to get those review processes moving. Again, there's tons of products out there, and all of them are really pretty good. So I think as competition increases, that sharpens the swords. So what happens is the question becomes, is your company culture organized to deal with the idea that reviews are a critical part of getting additional business, referrals, the ability for consumers to do searches is increasingly moving to mobile and they're using reviews as a basis to judge whether or not we're a good company or whether or not there's somebody that they're going to pass over. So getting the customer to understand the review process is the technician's role. And if we don't train the technicians and we don't organize around that, we're going to end up with a challenge, meaning that we're going to be behind in the digital platforms that we want because that's what's going to make our clients uh, more likely to click and that's going to make you more successful as a contractor. So what we're talking about right now is getting the higher level ideas in place, right? Building the idea of what is the role of the technician, what is the behavior pattern we're looking for, and then breaking that down into client experience means that, hey, giving me the opportunity to review you and tell you what you're doing, good or bad, is essential. So that brings us down to the operational side. So I would suggest to you that sort of right in here is where we break into the model of what can I do as a business owner or as a service management function or somebody that's just working with a company that's trying to create it. So the first thing is I think you need to make it fun, some contests and measurements that deal with contests. Um, there's a lot of companies that will throw money at this problem and I'm okay with that. I have zero problem with incenting the technician for the number of reviews. Um, what you cannot do is you cannot incent the customer. You, you can't pay the customer or give them free service calls. Uh, technically speaking, there, there are no Google police, so you probably can get away with it. It's just against the Google webmaster rules, and it's one of those things that if, you, if you're doing that, you need to understand that you can't pay a customer or give a customer a benefit directly as a trade for creating a review. What you can do, though, is you can create an incentive for the technician. Obviously, the technician then benefits. So throwing some spiffs, some dollars, or having some contests, something that's fun, is all about creating a measurement process. And the measurement process itself is important. We're going to talk about that in the next bullet point. But what we need to do is we need to understand that not all technicians are created equal. So I'm interested in um, the total reviews that I create from my service company. I'm not interested necessarily in any one individual you know, uh, who may be strong or weak at their communication models. Um, so understand that you're working with a group of people to get lots of reviews, and so you need to measure that, but also then obviously you want to measure the individual technicians. Where necessary, coach the technicians up, and we'll talk about that as well. So that brings us to the next issue. If we do reviews, and I do encourage you as a service manager, uh, or again, if I'm a solopreneur and I've got maybe one or two techs that are working for me, it's probably going to be more of a daily coaching experience, weekly coaching experience, could do some ride-alongs with the guys. Obviously, that's a different model than a company that, say, has 20 technicians and has a full-time service management function, maybe even somebody else that's supporting the maintenance side. That set of reviews is a discussion point for you to make sure you understand that you're reviewing here what is important here. So whatever we have in terms of the expectations document, what are we trying to get the technicians to actually deliver to the client, both in terms of client experience, but also, hey, check that box. We need those reviews. 
So that's part of the discussion that we would have on our service manager review process. Now, if you don't understand what that is, um, on the site, on the best practices platform under service management, there is an actual one-page form that we use that we've created that says, when we do a ride-along and we absolutely go with the technician, this is a form that we use to guide the service manager to give consistent, keyword, consistent feedback to the technician about the bullet points that we care about as a professional company to deliver client experience. So what do I care about as a company goes on the ride-along discussion, but it's based on the idea that we have had a conversation and a dialogue with the technician about what is important, why it's the deliverable to the client, why this makes us better. The outcomes are clear. Uh, more reviews, more people seeing more positive reviews, I should say positive reviews, not just reviews, but positive ones. More people seeing that, more traffic to the site, more referrals, more opportunities for links in social media. We're tying the reviews into the social media platforms now on the digital platform. So the idea that we're creating opportunities to expose people in, through impressions about our brand, about your company's brand, is critical. So understanding why the technician is doing that is part of the review process, but that's part of the coaching discussion. So here's the thing. Most of us have a group of technicians or a technician, and they may not be in love with the idea of doing this extra step. I mean, that's the challenge that we hear about constantly. Is how do I get my guys more involved? How do I get them bought in? How do I change that behavior pattern? And the answer is belief systems, making them understand the thinking pattern, making them understand the why. Back to Simon Sinek, you know, why? You know, you have to start with why. And so the uh, performance reviews and the ride-alongs go hand in hand so that we're coaching on the things that we feel are primary and are important. And so there's always going to be things that we're asking them to do that aren't primary, aren't important. Obviously, fixing the piece of equipment, fixing the customer, communicating the service agreement. These are primary items, but also then closing the transaction, closing up the process. You know, having the review process on an iPad or having some system where it's easy for the tech and easy for the client, um, that's the name of the game. And then last but not least, the question of training. Uh, how often do you want to train? How often do you want to spend time where you are doing what we would call real play? Real play is nothing more than role play in real life. So write the most challenging issues that the technicians face because you've seen that. You've had a dialogue. You say, hey, Mr. Gary, what are the toughest customers for you? Which ones you know, don't seem to be reacting well to our communication? What are your challenges? What are the most difficult things that you face? So cataloging those and then putting together real plays or role plays that produce those opportunities in your training events. Again, we're advocates of daily training, but if it's weekly or if it's monthly based on the communication models that we've talked about in the tech training, and the tech communication. The idea would be that this is an opportunity for you to use group training where I maybe do the role play and I'm participating and the rest of the team gets to see what's going on. We debrief, we construct the conversation, we try to learn and we go back out and we keep doing that over and over and over again. Over time, what happens is that training has its effect and you will see an improvement in those behavior patterns. So the secret is to understand what it is that you want the technician to be. My personal experience is I find that most companies do not have a well-organized role description or set of expectations 
that they can actually say to a technician, this is what we want you to be as a professional. This is what we're hoping to accomplish you know, on a service call. So we use, obviously, the perfect service call process, but that ties back to the role description. And as, t as times change, as things change, things like reviews are now very important to our digital platforms, we need to change. We need to understand that that's part of the process. That's why this lives in leadership, as well as digital marketing and technician communication. So this touches three or four different boundaries inside of the overall platform. Let's go back over to the main studio. All right, so uh, we've gone through some discussion points. I'd like to pull up this slide for you and just kind of go through. If you look at the right-hand side, I just want to talk about the client experience side of things. So it's necessary for you as a business to realize that client experience is not some sort of a mystical you know, magic pixie dust that we sprinkle on top of a client and they're happy and all of a sudden they're going to write a great review. Client experience is a deliverable. And there's a lot of places where that deliverable touches both the customer service, the dispatch function, the technician, ultimately the consumer. So we need to understand how that works. So the core values and the client experience go hand in hand. So I've listed the group of example core values that live on the site. Uh, each one of these has to have behavior patterns. So what does integrity mean? What does operational excellence mean? But if we scroll down there and we just look a little farther down where it says exceed expectations, the ability for us as a business to exceed the customer's expectations is grounded in the principle that you know, we need to be communicating well, we need to be professionals, we also need to be able to say to the customer, we would really appreciate the opportunity for you to give us feedback. So I can honestly tell you that here's how it works. Uh, if somebody in the hotel industry, in, the, in what we would call the uh, uh, home uh, ho services or hotel business, um, if they ask me to produce a review later on email, I almost never complete that process. So when they ask me on site, to answer just a few basic questions while I'm there, I tend to participate because I'm actively engaged. So one of the things that we need to understand is that exceeding expectations, the customer's right there, they've, they've seen the technician, we've done a great job communicating, we've probably fixed the you know, call, hopefully the first time, we've had the part, you know, we've, we've got the bill paid. This is the moment when they feel pretty good about this relationship. Their air conditioner was broken, now it's repaired, this is the chance for us to actually get the review process. So doing it on the spot is key. When we leave, the odds of the client actually conducting the review process after the fact, they go way down. So again, just my own personal behavior pattern. When I'm there and I'm engaged at a restaurant and somebody asks me, I tend to participate because I'm feeling good. The client experience deliverable is happening to me right now. So I'm in an emotional state where I actually feel compatible to go ahead and do this. So it's time, but you know, it's one of those questions where you know, two, three, four questions is great. I've also had an experience at a restaurant, and uh, my business partner will laugh about this. Um, they asked me for that. They handed me the iPad, but they asked me to do the review. I actually sat down and participated in the review, and the first question came, and then there was a series of A, B, C, D, and it went through the whole office, but there was 26 questions behind the first question. And I was really aggravated by that, and since then, that's turned me off. So I think one of the things you need to be very careful in is you want to know what your net promoter score is. You want to know about you know, five star, what, what does that mean to a client? Obviously, you want to know and, and get five star reviews. But if you're asking for direct feedback about you know, professionalism, you know, where were we on time, were you satisfied with our experience, et cetera, 
two or three questions is about the limit that you want to have if you're doing direct feedback to the client and then obviously you want to be able to get them to produce the five-star reviews. So uh, just understand that it's necessary that as a business we have our core values, our culture, and our definitions of what we expect the technician to develop as a professional, as a role description, as a set of expectations. If we don't do that, then we don't have the linkage to the training. We're not aligned. So the biggest problem in training is we're training around an idea, but it's an idea only. It's not aligned with the bigger purpose, the why. So the why of this is the reviews are how customers are now changing their opinions about whether or not I choose you or I choose somebody else. So having your company reviews at least you know, to the point where you have the number of reviews up and that you have the power of the actual 4.0 or better. Obviously, 5 is better than 4, but we know from the local research that 4.0 or better is necessary. So if you're a 3.8, you're going to need more reviews, which means you're going to need to engage the technicians. So as always, we appreciate the opportunity to serve you. We appreciate the fact that you're an EGI member. And what we need to do is if you have questions or you have comments, run it through the Ask the Expert platform. We're happy to help out. Any, anytime we can answer those questions directly, that's great. As usual, awesome content from Mr. Gary right there. Now, if you're interested in learning more about this topic, I'd encourage you to sign up for our 30-day free trial by clicking Join at the top of this page. This is just a small piece of the process, and you need the whole thing to make it all work. Now, we have a lot more content from Gary on technician communication and selling, such as the proper mindset and attitude for technicians, fixing the customer before fixing the problem, the perfect service call process, presenting options to customers, presenting service agreements, and about 20 other topics. So sign up today for a trial and try it out for yourself absolutely free. And if you're a member already, well, you better start logging in and watching all these courses from the master, my friend, Mr. Gary Ellis. Well, folks, that's it for this week. Join us next week. We're going to talk about how to become a top-performing technician. Until then, bye-bye for now.